I want to start over in Isaiah chapter 7, a couple of readings there. And today we're talking about Emmanuel, wonderful counselor. And you pause and you read these scriptures and you think to yourself, well, really, what's, what's in a name? What's the big deal? The scripture says, therefore, the Lord himself, verse 14, will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Then Matthew, quoting this and picking up on this truth in chapter 1, verse 23, it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. If you don't know anything at all today, let that resonate deep in your spirit. God is with you. Amen. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Then Isaiah 9, seeing prophetically the person and the ministry of the Messiah, verse 6 and 7, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And that phrase just simply means he will be king, he will be ruler. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So the question is, what's in a name? Well, I want to explain to you that uh, a place for God's name is a big deal. One of David's greatest goals was that he would get to build the temple. It was his desire. It was his passion. And we know with blood on his hands that was not meant to be. But his son Solomon would actually build that temple. Why? Because the temple was not just a building. It was a place for God's name. And listen carefully. A place for God's name means a place for his presence. Well, the good news for you and for me now is a place for his name. That would be us. That means a place for his presence would be what? us. We are the place for his name and a place for his presence. Where you find understanding why these names are so important, where you find understanding and honor for the name, you'll find his presence heavy with everything good. When you have that understanding about his name and understanding about the revelation of his name, great power, great wisdom, great ability flows. We want more revelation, don't we, church? Not less revelation. The names of God reveal his nature and his predisposition towards you and me. Do you know that God never gets up on the wrong side of the bed? Anybody know why? He didn't sleep or slumber. <laughs> no, he's predisposed to do you good. That's his nature and his, word, and his names reveal that. The names of God reveal his nature and predisposition towards you and me. For example, for example, Emmanuel means God with us. That means that God is in us, and it means that God is, is for us. And we are a place for his name and a place for his presence. Say, God is with me. Say it boldly, God is for me. Say, God is in me. Aren't we blessed? So no matter of secularization of Christmas can take that truth away. That's what this is really all about and why it's so important. His name, Wonderful, is actually not an adjective but a noun, and it means one who is incomprehensible. It's impossible to understand. It means a supernatural wonder. Turn to somebody and tell them Jesus is a wonder. Say it again, he's a wonder. 
It means one having or subject to no limits. There are no limits with him. He is a wonder. And when you think about his virgin birth, his power to heal, to deliver, to save, you think about his sinless, spotless, perfect life, you think about the reality of his phenomenal teaching and his resurrection from the dead, how else could you describe him but wonder? Say it with me, he's a wonder. He is that thing that makes us stop and wonder. And that's what God has presented to you and to me, starting with the incarnation, starting with the nativity. We are blessed people. What about the word counselor? Counselor is a person with God-given and bestowed wisdom. Don't think about the guy sitting on the couch talking to his counselor or sharing your feelings somewhere in some room, some office somewhere. No, we're talking about one with unlimited wisdom here. We're talking about the power of God to give you understanding in every area of life. It's a personal counselor with limitless wisdom. Now, you today may have been limited in life, limited in finances, limited in outlook, limited in health, limited in some area of your life, but God is here to take the limits off your life. And I declare prophetically, this is that year. You're coming out of that. You're, the limits are coming off your life in Jesus' name. Can you receive that? Never has there been one like him, this counselor. Never will there be one like him ever again. You're looking for somebody to surpass Jesus in wonder and power and wisdom. It's not going to happen. The message for you and for me today is that God is with us, in us, and for us with unlimited supernatural wisdom and counsel for our well-being and success. I get tickled when people say things like, well, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. You need to make it all about Jesus. Do you realize that if it was all about Jesus, he never would have come? Christmas is not all about Jesus. It's all about you. Because you and I were dead in our sins and trespasses. And he wanted us restored. The reality is, it's very much, the gospel is very much the people he created centered. Because we're the ones in trouble. He didn't have to come down. He was still wonderful before he came. Amen? The question is, how do you access this limit-breaking wisdom? And the truths are simple today. It's not anything you haven't heard or meditated upon, but you need to get a hold of this. And some in this room today that have found themselves in the past couple of years strained from the things of God, sliding away from the things of God, it's been too much to handle COVID and death and sickness and economy, all kinds of issues. You've found yourself slipping away from Him. This is a wonderful time to come back to Him. Are you here today, church? Scripture says in Isaiah 28, 29, all this comes from the Lord Almighty, wonderful in counsel and magnificent in wisdom. Shout that out. He's wonderful in counsel and magnificent in wisdom. That's our God. What do you do with this wonderful counsel? First of all, you need to accept him. You, personally, need to accept him. The central message is what you do with Jesus to embrace, receive, and commit to him. There is no other supernatural wonder coming. He is our only hope. He is America's only hope. There is no one with the wisdom to get the job done. There is no one with the wonder that can get this done. He is the one that we need. There's no taking off limits without the limitless one. 
in your life, there's no way to get that done without him. In John 1.12, it says, But to all who received him and believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Matthew 1.21 says, She'll give birth to a son, you are to give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Not popular today in our post-Christian culture to talk about the fact that sin has to be dealt with. Sin can't be ignored. It can't be swept under the rug. We can't pretend that we're not. We can't relabel things so they don't sound like sin. Somebody has to deal with a sin issue. And he's the one that came to do it. He will save, what? His people from their sins. A lot of people have gotten lost spiritually and backslid in the past couple of years. It's a great time to get back to where you belong. Come back to the wonderful counselor. Come back to him who has saved you. It's really hard in today's world to do things on your own strength and do things on your own wisdom. You can't muster up enough strength and wisdom on your own to get it done. You need him who is wonderful, him who is the counselor to get that done. Listen to what Jeremiah says. Return faithless people and I'll cure you of backsliding. Yes, we'll come to you for you are the Lord our God. Here's the invitation to come back. And what does he say? The response of his people is, you bet we will. Amen? In fact, let's just all make that prayer right now all over the building. Say it with me, Lord Jesus. At times, I strayed. At times, I've gotten away. At times, I've backslidden. But I repent of that today. The prophet said, faithless people, I will cure you of backsliding. My response I will come to you, and you are the Lord my God. Did you mean that today? But no matter where you've been a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, what are you doing with the wonderful counselor today? Amen. He's the one with the wisdom. Number two, you need not just, uh, you know, accept him, but you need to adore him. What does that Christmas song say? Oh, come let us ignore him. It doesn't say ignore him. It says, oh, come let us adore him, Christ the Lord. In Psalm 22, 3, the scripture says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. You need to regard him with loving admiration and devotion, deep love and respect. Respect is what will release the anointing that is on him, our direction, In fact, if you'll think about this, you need to shift your adoration from everything else in this world. Right now in this world, people adore the self or the selfie. Have you ever seen such a narcissistic generation in your life? They'll sit in front of hours in front of a mirror taking their own pictures. For what reason? Because they are fixated on something else in their adoration than the Lord. Adoring yourself, having a good self-esteem is great. You should have a great God in you consciousness. Amen? But enough with the selfies. How about some otheries, not selfies? We adore our stuff, and people adore celebrities. They adore influencers. They adore the athletes. They adore business gurus. Guess what? The one that needs to be adored is the one who is the wonderful counselor. So what do you do? Hebrews 13, 15, through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips that acknowledge his name. What should you be doing all day long? Amen. 
Surely in between Hallmark movies, you can slip in a praise Jesus here and there. Amen? In between the feasting and the celebrating and the lighting and the decorating, surely there's some adoration for Jesus we can find in there. Amen? Well, he inhabits the praise of his people. Do you know that power and wisdom from him flow in the direction of praise? The more you put praise and adoration out there, the more wisdom and power is going to flow into your life. We need to praise him more, not less. I said we need to praise him more, not less. We accept him and then we adore him. We need to revisit and find out again what it means to adore him and live that lifestyle of adoration. Why don't you do it right now? Go ahead and adore him. Go ahead and praise him. Go ahead and acknowledge him right now. Come on, bless him with your own instrument, your voice. You're worthy to be praised, worthy to be magnified, worthy to be honored. Amen. I don't know about you, but I could use a little more wisdom and power flowing into my life. Turn to your neighbor and say, I know you could use that wisdom. You mean you tell me I can praise him and more of it will flow? That's exactly what I'm saying. That's how powerful it is when you not only accept him, but adore him. How many here could use some wisdom in your life right now, some direction, some guidance in your life? But number three, ask him. That's an earth-shattering revelation. Ask him. Ask the wonderful counselor for the wisdom. James 4.2 says you have not because you... Ask not. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will what? It'll be given to him. God asked Solomon, ask me for anything. What does Solomon ask him for? He asked him for wisdom. So God gave him the wisdom, and then he gave him everything that wisdom would get. Amen? But what did he do? He asked for it. You know, you and I need to make sure that uh, our thinking and our talking and our asking all lines up. When we think small, talk small, and ask small, we act small, and we get small. It's time we stop sabotaging our own lives with our own mouth and thinking. And think big. Dream big. I think about Joseph, who was a big dreamer and a big asker. And every step of the way, it seemed like there was opposition. But you know what I believe? I believe everything that happened to him, the Lord showed up to give him guidance and wisdom. Because I don't see Joseph complaining one time. Lord, all I was doing was minding my own business. I didn't ask for the coat of many colors. I didn't ask for you to give me the dreams. You never see this. Thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, accused of rape by Potiphar's wife, thrown into jail for doing nothing wrong, And I believe all along the way, the wonderful counselor showed up. Here's what you need to do, Joseph. Here's how you need to handle the situation, Joseph. And you know, everywhere he went, not only did he survive this attack with the right spirit, God blessed him, and everywhere he went, those around him prospered. That's the way it should be with you and me. We don't have to have perfect circumstances to have the wonderful counselor give us the wisdom we need to succeed. If we'll just have ears to hear Turn to somebody and tell them, I have ears to hear. When we have limited thinking and limited speaking, we're going to have limitations in life. But we want to make sure that when we ask boldly for something, our talk and our thinking lines up with that. Turn to somebody and say, ask big. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, 
according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, ask him. Amen. The wonderful counselor is the one taking the limits off of your life. He's not putting the limits on your life. He said in John 14, 14, ask me for anything in my name. And I will what? I will do it. Ask what? Anything in my name. And I will do it. Raise your hand if you have something that you need to ask him. Anything. Praise the Lord. Amen. Just close your eyes and lift your hand to him. and Say, Lord, I have something. I need your wisdom. I need your involvement. I accept you. I adore you. And I ask you for supernatural wisdom, for that wonder, that power to invade my life in this season, showing me exactly what I need to do. When adversity comes, challenges come, I'll not be destroyed. Because the wonderful counselor has given me wisdom, given me insight, given me development of faith and of joy and of peace in the midst of that. I thank you today. I claim that wisdom. I claim that revelation. He's my wonderful counselor. I take that wisdom. I take that victory in Jesus' name. Glory to God. And to give him a big hand clap and thank him for it. <laughs>